0: Happy New Year, first of all, liturgical New Year, as we uh, gather this Advent Sunday morning. Uh, with this New Year, we begin a new, another cycle, uh, Cycle B in our lectionary. And uh, uh, being um, having the background in Scripture that I uh, have and I enjoy, I'd like to point out uh, that uh, in Cycle B, we focus mostly on the Gospel of Mark. Because the Gospel of Mark is so short though, we also have snippets, especially during the, uh, the month of August, from the Bread of Life discourse and uh, from John's Gospel, and we have other snippets uh, throughout, the, uh, throughout the year just to supplement the Gospel of Mark. With this first Sunday, I'd like to point out too that what the Gospel of Mark is about. Uh, the Gospel was written by St. Mark, who was a companion of St. Peter at some point. He was also a companion of St. Paul, traveled with St. Paul, but uh, disappointed him a little bit. Uh, St. Peter uh, took him in, and the Gospel, it is suggested, is mostly based on Peter's preaching. And so as uh, descendants of St. Peter uh, in the Roman Catholic Church, uh, St. Peter being our first pope, Uh, the gospel mark has some major significance for us or ought to and and it is um, part of the reason it's some say it's the shortest is because it was written first and we know that as uh, things uh, if you want to consider the gospels each drafts of each other uh, i don't think that's a plausible thing i think it has to do with the very next thing saint peter was not an eloquent man and, and probably didn't share much more than the essentials, and especially as we look at the Gospel of Mark, we see that being true when St. Mark records uh, adverbs and adjectives, things that describe actions or nouns, of course, we really should pay attention because he doesn't doesn't use them a whole lot. In fact, uh, he doesn't use a whole lot of descriptions. He just is telling the story. And as he's telling the story, there's this almost breathlessness about him. And the word and, the Greek word chi, appears more times in the Gospel of Mark than it does anywhere else. It's almost as if he doesn't want to take a breath, that he wants to keep telling the story. And so, and so, and so, and immediately, and immediately, and why? He wants to remind us that this Jesus that we have witnessed is going to come again. And that time is coming. Now, St. Mark was convinced it was going to come in his lifetime. Maybe that's why he writes the way he does. But all the same, it's going to come. And today's gospel passage is one of those passages that reminds us of that. Be watchful, be alert. The Gospel of Mark is, as already said, the shortest. And Mark, St. Mark kind of just rips into the story. Because of that, he is often depicted as a lion. And, and uh, uh, St. Luke is the ox and St. John is the eagle and St. Matthew is the, uh, the human, the man. St. Mark just kind of rips into things. tell the story. He's not wasting any time because there's not time to waste. So this gospel passage that we have today is probably an appropriate one as we begin the season of Advent because we remember that Advent is not just about remembering that Jesus came in the flesh in in history, born in Bethlehem. We don't hear about that, of, of course, in Mark's gospel shouldn't disturb us, we don't hear it in John's gospel either. St. Mark rather wants to, wants to remind us that he's going to come again in, myth, in majesty, that the day is going to come and he's begging, through, because St. Peter did, because our Lord did, reminding us that that day should not catch us unaware. And so he gives us the, in this passage, i lost count, I think it's like five times we hear the word watch. 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 I found myself contemplating that uh, as I prepared this weekend. And in our modern culture, watch has such a passive connotation, doesn't it? We watch TV or we watch a movie. We watch YouTube or Netflix, whatever it is. We just kind of sit there and veg out. And that isn't the type of watch our Lord is inviting us to keep. He's inviting us rather to be like sentries watching, to be like gatekeepers watching. It's not a passive thing, but an active thing. Not not only are we just scanning the environment, but we're doing what we're supposed to do. And in fact, in in this passage... He leaves home and places his church servants in charge, each with his own work. That's what the Lord has given to each of us. Each of us, every one of us, has a particular task that only we can do. As we do that task, we are to keep watch. And may he not find us not about that task when he comes again whether it's in the evening or midnight or a cock or in the morning. Cock is about three or four in the morning, actually. I, I personally think that's when the Lord is going to come for me, just because it's the most difficult time to be awake. And I wake up at three in the morning anyway, most of the time. But this keeping watch is not only uh, about staying awake, but it's allowing our hearts to constantly be watching for the Lord. To be longing for him. And we hear about that longing actually in today's first reading. That I I found myself reflecting too. I've never longed for the Lord as much as Isaiah seems to long for the Lord in today's first reading. I've never longed for him so much that my body aches for the Lord. He's saying, look, we've become like polluted rags. Or like leaves. Is there anything more worthless leaves that have fallen from the tree, they're not good for burning. They don't give off much heat. They're, they're, They're worthless. And that's what we've become when we forgot the Lord, when we no longer keep watch with the Lord. We've become useless. But He wants us. He desires us. In fact, the prophet tells us that we are like clay and he is the potter. There's something beautiful about that image and we hear about that in Jeremiah, Jeremiah has, has an experience of he's told to go down to the, the potter's shop and watch the potter at work. And the potter throws the clay on the wheel and spins it and forms a pot and when it doesn't turn out the way he wants it to, he crushes it and reforms it and reforms it and reforms it until it takes the shape that he wants it to take. The beautiful thing about clay, if we know anything about potters, is that clay, until it's fired, can take whatever form the potter wants. It just needs more water, time, time on that wheel. The Lord wants us to be like clay in his hands, that we can be formed. We're supple. And when the day of the Lord comes, that will be like the kiln. We will be fired. Not fired as in lose our jobs, although that will be true too, I guess. But we will be fired as a pot is fired in the kiln. Then taken its shape for all eternity. The pots that are misshapen, the pots that did not do or will not do the work that the Lord has intended for them, cast somewhere else. But the pots that do what the potter wants them to do, put in his shop, useful. We are called to be clay in the potter's hand. That's what this Advent is all about for us, to be a time of reformation, which is why it's a penitential season. Sometimes we think penitence is is meant to be punishment. No, it's about reformation. It's about being reformed, about allowing the Lord to form us in His image and likeness, allowing Him to give us the task with which we should be at work doing, to be watching. So how can we live Advent well? Well, in a few minutes, we will light the first candle of the Advent wreath. If you have a wreath at home, I invite you to to light it as well. And and at meals, maybe if it's in in the center of the table, to, to light that wreath and remind ourselves these are the weeks that we have to prepare for not only celebrating Christ's first coming, but preparing for his coming in majesty. Advent wreaths, or Advent ca- uh, calendars rather, are a good reminder too, is day by day to count down those days. Jesse trees are reminding us how God had prepared the people of Israel for His coming through, from Adam all the way through Christ, preparing a family, allowing Christ to be born into a family with all sorts of interesting characters. And I say that in the in the most loving way I can. If you read Jesus's family history, there are some really interesting characters there. Some people that would stick out and should remind us. And yet God used. Even them, even prostitutes, even Gentiles, who are married into the family line. Most importantly, I think, to live Advent well means to focus on Advent as its own season. Our world jumps from, actually it tends to skip Thanksgiving completely, it jumps, it seems, from Halloween all the way to Christmas. Actually, this year, from some of the stuff I witnessed, it actually jumped from from Labor Day to Christmas, it seemed. It's not Christmas yet. Christmas is its own season that only begins on the 25th of December and goes all the way this year, I believe it's through the the, uh, 10th of January. Let Advent be its own season. Do not get caught up in all the hoopla of Christmas and all the Christmas parties and Christmas gifts and, and all those things. It's not that those are bad. It's just that if we allow Advent to be Advent, we will have our hearts more watchful, waiting, alert, hoping for the Lord. This watching is not passive. Rather, it's active. It's doing what we are called to be doing, always keeping an eye out, How more can I cooperate with God's will? How more can I be prepared? How more can I be like clay in the potter's hand, allowing him to form me and reform me in his image and likeness? How can I keep watch, always at work?